Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HBR Minute HCI podcast episode, I explore the recent HBR video, How to Be Less Lonely at Work. Welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. It's great to be with you again today for this HBR Minute HCI podcast episode. Today I'll be exploring the recent HBR video, How to Be Less Lonely at Work. Loneliness at work is a major predictor of burnout, but how do you turn coworkers into genuine friends? What do work friendships even look like, and how do they differ from the quote-unquote normal friendships you may make outside of work? To combat loneliness, innovation editor Christine Liu sets out on the dramatic journey of making a new friend at the office while working from home. She speaks to Jennifer Moss, author of The Burnout Epidemic, to learn about the consequences of not having friends at work. Spoiler alert, they're dire. Thanks for joining me, and I'll catch you on the flip side of this first clip. I feel lonely. And it's not just because I'm literally alone. I'm feeling lonely at work, which for me is 100% virtual right now. Those little spontaneous physical interactions with my colleagues, that's what I miss so much. You know, those, those little mundane moments that in hindsight, actually I miss a lot, like waiting for someone to finish their time at the coffee machine and being like mildly irritated. That would be the most welcome thing right now. Okay, so maybe I'm not literally alone. I mean, technically, I'm on the internet. There's Andy, my producer, in the corner. Hey, Andy. But now, a day looks more like this. Is there a way to feel less lonely at work? Less lonely at home? At working from home? Just, uh, just, uh, help! I think we've all felt this during this past year uh, with the pandemic hitting and so many companies going remote so quickly. Uh, we really lost that in-office connection with coworkers and not only the formal opportunities to connect and to talk, you know, over lunch or, or even some of the semi-informal opportunities as you're walking by someone's office and just popping in to say hi, talk about your weekend, whatever. But even like she said, just those little moments, those little human interactions that that we take for granted when we're together, all of that just went away. And it is lonely. During this pandemic, of course, we've all had to deal with social isolation at home. And I have to admit, I feel very fortunate. I, I was 
in my home with my wife and my six children. And so while we didn't have much, if any, interaction with people outside of our family, we had each other. We had uh, the opportunity to strengthen our relationships and spend time with each other and do fun things, uh, even if we had to do them at the house. Uh, I, I really feel for people uh, who didn't have that, who didn't have um, friends and roommates or family that lived with them. And they were not only isolated on in their day-to-day home life, but no longer were they able to connect with people at work. That That's a really hard thing. And so she raises a really important question. You know, people feel lonely. What are the effects of that loneliness, both in our personal lives and at work? And you're going to hear in these upcoming clips that uh, that it really is very, very important. It's vital that we have connection, that we have emotional connection, that we have meaningful relationships at work. And we'll walk through a little bit of how to go about doing that. Loneliness is at work. It feels like you're disconnected from your coworkers, from your friends, that you haven't maybe made friends, that you feel isolated. That's Jennifer Moss. She's a journalist, speaker, and author of The Burnout Epidemic. Among other things, she studied how loneliness is a major predictor of professional burnout. I mean, sure, we all get a little lonely, right? How bad could it really be? One in five millennials say they have zero friends. Zero friends. None. At all. I just want to call them up and say, hey, you can talk to me. I'll be your friend. Well, work friendships are really unique, but having a really close friend at work is powerful and how much it um, enhances our feeling of work. Having a best friend at work actually makes it more likely for you to stay, about 50% more likely for you to stay in a job through times where it isn't as, you know, happy or well. It increases your likelihood of a promotion. You know, it improves sales. It improves all these different metrics that we measure around productivity engagement, but it also makes you more well and, you know, just overall life satisfaction. Like, how do I know if someone's a friend? I don't even know. I mean, maybe I could just say they are, but is there a kind of a... A threshold. A threshold, exactly. The closer your friendships are at work, the more they likely mimic, you know, the good feelings that you have with friends in your personal life. They don't believe in the gossip, that they always, you know, support you when you need it, that they're there to hear you out, um, you know, if you have some stress in your life or stuff building up. So the bottom line is friendship at work does matter. I've actually done quite a bit of research in this area as well. So in addition to the expert that's on this HBR uh, video, we can see there's tons of research that has shown the value and the meaning that relationships at work have in your self-efficacy, in your sense of uh, employee engagement and job satisfaction, and your overall productivity. Now, she focuses specifically on burnout. And she says if you have a good friend at work, you're 50% more likely to stay at that job. And that's, that's huge because burnout leads to retention issues and people leaving uh, the job. And when we have meaningful relationships, we're able to weather the storms. Uh, no job is perfect. No organization is perfect. There are ups and downs and ebbs and flows and things happen. The external environment hits and, and things happen. This, this last year was a perfect example that... When times get hard, do you have people you can lean on just like you would in your personal life? Do you have people that are confidants, people that you trust, people that you know have your back? Do you have that at work? If you have that, 
you're way more likely to stick around, to weather the storms. You're way more likely to, to be engaged, to find meaning and purpose at work, to feel fulfilled. You're way more likely to be more productive uh, and more collaborative and innovative. That's just the bottom line. So it it really matters. It, it is a huge deal if you don't have any uh, friends at work. And it doesn't mean that you need to be besties uh, like we sometimes think of in the movies, in your personal life. But you do need people that you truly have developed trust with, people that you care about genuinely and they care about you, people that you will go to bat for and who will do the same for you, that you get, you have their back and they have yours. That, that really matters because we all have to deal with organizational politics. We all have to deal with frustrations. And sometimes we just need someone to listen. We need to be able to vent. We need to be able to just work through the emotions we're feeling at work, just like we do in our home life, in our personal life. It's one of the great reasons uh, why, uh, and there's been lots of studies on this, you know, positive psychology, mental health, um, even your physiology, that, that when you have uh, meaningful relationships, uh, it may be a spouse or a partner, but other really good friends, when you have meaningful relationships, your overall health just goes up. You live longer, you're happier, you're more healthy, and it doesn't mean everything's perfect, but you're just able to weather the storms more. And she shared a really startling statistic in that clip that one in five millennials say they don't have any friends. That is heartbreaking to me, yet I completely understand it. In the world we live in, where there's lots of online social networking interactions that aren't real, they're just online interactions, um, many of those face-to-face -face interactions that we used to have have been pushed aside to more shallow, surface-level online interactions. And nothing against social media. I use social media too. But it can't replace the need for you know having a couple of really good friends that you can lean on. And again, whether that's in your personal life or in your work life, uh, we need to have that. And in the workplace, we can foster that. Of course, we have to respect boundaries. We have to keep things professional. Um, and we have to develop a relationship over time, just like we would in our personal life. But it's it's worth the time. It's worth the effort. So I'm going to take the cynical point of view for a second. Like, okay, well, I guess I have no friends at work. It's a job, but I have friends outside of work. You know, so what if I'm lonely at work? And what's the worst that could happen? For people that are feeling just lonely at work, period, they're not connecting with people, it's a big problem. And it could mean, you know, loss of your job, they get paid less, that they don't get promoted, there's lack of confidence. Loneliness is as impactful on our um, health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. It's worse on our health than diabetes. So now I'm just thinking about myself and my relationships. <laughs> I'm having a moment. I'm having, I'm reflecting. Um, is there any time in your life that you felt lonely? I had a period of time where I was a founder of a startup, a co-founder, and actually it was my husband and I that were co-founding the startup, which is a no-no in that world. You know, you're never supposed to have a married co-founder. Um, but we were in this place where we were working together, both at this sort of level of of, you know, fighting for money, being a young startup, just always overextended. There was about a year and a half that I felt very, very isolated and, and did actually burn out where I left the company. I abandoned every board seat I had. I stopped working on everything. I said no to everything for six months to recover. 
And um, I realized a big part of that was through all of that, I hadn't maintained my close friendships. I hadn't, I was so busy and so stressed that I wasn't leaning on them. So in this clip, she poses the question, you know, I got good friends at home, my personal life. Do I really need friends at work? And the answer is yes, you do. Uh, you, you need emotional connections and meaningful relationships in all aspects of your life. If you are involved with an organization or an institution and you don't connect with anyone at that organization or institution, chances are you won't last uh, for a variety of reasons. But in part, it's, it's simply a matter of our psychology and we need connection. We are social animals as human beings. We need connection. Even introverts need connections. Now, they don't need as many connections, they don't need as much social time, but they need connections too. We all need it. And when we don't have that in the workplace, uh, it does impact how we're perceived by others uh, in terms of our effectiveness, in, our, in, our, in terms of our ability to collaborate, uh, to take on leadership roles, to influence, to be change agents. All of that is impacted by whether or not we have relationships developed with people at work, <clears throat> but also... Uh, it, it will impact our personal well-being and our personal health. And again, the startling statistic that she shares, uh, loneliness being as impactful on our physical health as smoking uh, 15 cigarettes a day. That is incredible. More impactful on our physical health than diabetes. That is remarkable. And it's, it's sad and it's scary. And the thought of, you know, one in five millennials not having a single friend let alone in the workplace, but like a single friend, that is heartbreaking. And it's so, it's, it's a public health crisis. That's, that's horrible. And it's going to have detrimental impacts on organizations as well. And so for all of us as leaders, of course, we need to seek out meaningful relationships because we bear a burden. Leadership is hard and you have to deal with a lot of crap and a lot of politics and a lot of just the pressures of, of leadership. Um, and so you need your support. You need people you can trust but we also need to model that for our people and we need to encourage those social interactions for them as well. We need to help them to have the opportunity to have meaningful relationships. And if we see people in social isolation at work, then we need to, to help um, make sure that they feel a part of the group, a part of the team, that they feel valued and appreciated. And I think that's part of having an inclusive uh, environment in a workplace culture of belonging. We need to have meaningful relationships at work, and it really does matter. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue. What some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There's no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of our problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path 
and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. In order to feel less lonely at work and hopefully not burn out, you need friends. Okay, so this is a little awkward, uh, but I have to ask the question, how do, I, how do I make new friends at work? How does anyone make new friends at work? So that's a great question. Find someone in the organization that you've maybe admired something that they've done or you thought is really cool or interested in. Maybe they've written a piece or edited a piece or been on a project that you're like, oh, that's so cool. And maybe you could suggest having a coffee one time to chat about it. If you've never done this before, like sending a coffee invite to someone that you want to be friends with. This is how Jen suggests how to do it. Start with gratitude. People love that and just be really sincere in it. You could say something like, thanks so much for your great insights at this morning's meeting or, oh, what a great question you raised. Um, I'd love to hear more where you know your thoughts came from. After that, just ask for a few minutes to chat. Most people are really friendly, especially if you flatter them a little bit. So just start there. Okay, so my mission is to make friends at the office. I'm gonna try to show you as much as I can, but these are real people and I'm trying to foster real friendships, so you may not see everything, but deal with it. I think I've identified a promising candidate. I'm gonna reach out on Slack and see what happens. Wish me luck. Making friends at work isn't all that different than making friends in our personal life, uh, but I've found that it's actually sometimes easier to establish workplace relationships and have meaningful friendships just because you already have those built-in opportunities to interact. You're already, you know, in the office together. You already kind of run into each other. You have those opportunities to say hi. And what she's suggesting here is that we simply leverage those opportunities. Uh, tell someone you appreciate them. Uh, acknowledge their contribution. Say, hey, I'd love to chat with you about your presentation. Or, you know, I, I really, I, I agree with you there. And, or I'm passionate about this thing and, and I'm so impressed by the work you do in that area or whatever, like use praise just like you would when you're trying to connect with people uh, outside of work, build on common ground uh, and find areas of mutual interest. And not everyone's going to be a perfect fit. We have different personalities. We have different needs. Uh, and, and sometimes people are kind of to their bandwidth in terms of social interaction or friends. And they, they don't really have the time to to bring on another uh, friend or a friend group uh, with their day-to-day. -day. That doesn't mean anything about you. It, it doesn't mean that you're not lovable or likable. Uh, it doesn't mean that that person wouldn't be a great fit uh, to be a friend with you. It just means it might take some time, and, and maybe sometimes the timing's off. Sometimes uh, people really don't have the, the emotional energy to commit to developing a new friendship. But don't be deterred, because... We have people all around us. There's a reason why there are so many TV shows and movies uh, that are workplace comedies, workplace dramas, uh, workplace romances. Uh, it's, it's because we spend so much of our time and our life at work and we have those opportunities to bump into each other, to interact with each other, to get to know each other, even in casual ways at first. Be a little daring. Jump in, give it a try, make a connection with somebody. Connect personally with them, and over time, you'll be able to develop meaningful relationships as you 
are purposefully going about trying to develop um, some commonalities and, and be there for them, be someone they can count on. Friendship commence. I was just thinking that your daughter is going to be so shocked that you're going <laughs> to have a starring role. I'm gonna make sure she knows as she checks it out. So the person that you're seeing there is Josh and he is my new friend. I know, I know what you're thinking. Like, is this stage? Is this fake? Christine knows everyone. No, I really like legit had to reach out and be like, you may not know me, but let's hang out maybe or have a conversation. So there you go. Like it actually happened. And I learned a lot about him and his work. And also like apparently fun fact, his daughter recognizes me and watches my TikTok videos. So who knew? Good work friendships aren't built in a day, but it only takes a moment to start one. I mean, look, I had never really talked to Josh before, but look at us. Now we're hanging out together. I'm already feeling less lonely and it's only day one. After all, friends will always have your back, and that's critical when work gets real. But worst case scenario, I'll be your friend. Bye. It can be a little awkward, but it's worth giving it a try. And sometimes it'll work out, sometimes it won't. Sometimes uh, people will appreciate you reaching out. Other times they'll just seem very busy and, and maybe even annoyed. Uh, that's okay. Uh, I think as we have a thick skin, we can let it just kind of roll off our back recognize it's not really personal. Uh, sometimes people feel all full up uh, on their friendships and their emotional energy that they can commit to others around them. Or sometimes they're just super busy with work or they have family stuff going on. They just don't have the time to commit or, or uh, invest. That's okay. Don't take it personally. Uh, but other times you'll find people that are just as lonely as you, that are, are just as eager um, to, to develop some meaningful relationships, uh, but maybe they're scared to reach out. Maybe they're scared to take that first step. So be bold. Uh, you know, don't be inappropriate, but be bold. Um, be willing to to reach out, make a connection, have a conversation, build on common ground. And over time, you know, that's just the seed. You're planting the seed, and then you see where it goes and if it grows over time. Um, but over time, you'll have the opportunity to work together, perhaps on projects. Uh, you'll have the opportunity to connect at work, you know, maybe over lunch or grab a coffee or, or whatever, just to, to be able to chat and, and talk about things. And, and that really can uh, be a tremendous benefit, not only to your, your life generally, but to your work life. Now, you may all be thinking, and it's not really addressed uh, much in this video, you may all be thinking, well, yeah, but I'm still virtually working. Uh, and a lot of what I've been talking about has been when you're together in the office. Now, obviously, it's it's different when we're working virtually. And if I'm at home uh, trying to find a way to make meaningful connections, that probably is a little bit more challenging than when we're together physically in the office. But just like she did in the video, uh, you, you can uh, reach out to people, make a connection. I've had people do that to me, and I really appreciate it. I've had people email me who I'm aware of at work, but I've never really interacted much with. They're in different areas, different divisions. And so we've never directly worked together. But they know of me, I know of them, uh, and they reach out. They say, hey, I'd love to pick your brain about this. Hey, I, I would love to talk about this. And you know what? I've always been happy to do that. Um, now, is everyone all going to be happy to do that? No.
Uh, but I sure have been, and I've appreciated people being willing to reach out to me. And I've done the same thing to other people. And not everyone's always wanted to chat, but others have. And so just be willing to take the first step. And you may, you never know, you may find that person who's going to uh, really be a meaningful relationship for you, and, you know, throughout your life uh, and throughout your career. Someone who can be a mentor and a coach and someone who can be a friend who can help you through challenging and difficult times and you them. I really appreciate this video because it just highlights something that I think is super important, but we all tend to take for granted. And that is relationships at work really do matter. The number one reason why people leave their job is because they have a bad boss. Number two reason is because they don't have any meaningful relationships or they have bad relationships at work. And so we need to, as individuals, we need to try to develop those relationships. As leaders, we also need to recognize the importance of our interactions with our people and the importance of them having meaningful connections uh, and relationships at work and how the role that that plays in their productivity, their collaboration, their innovation. We need to try to help foster an environment where everyone feels genuinely needed and wanted, that they belong, that they're included, and that they have an opportunity to contribute in meaningful ways. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. As always, I hope you stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day, and I hope you have a great week. The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership. Ordinary, everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.